0: by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Game Over Vancouver. I am um, Sam. If you're here with us from the last stream, thanks for joining us today. And thanks again for bearing with me last time. Um, I am here today with two very special guests. I'm here with Arash Mamarzadeh, who is a Canucks podcaster uh, with Pucks on Net, and also with Haley, uh, who is a Caps fan and a fantastic writer. Uh, do you guys want to let everyone know where they can find your work?
0: For sure. Uh, well, I'm Arash Marsaday, at Arashma Marsaday, co-host of Pucks on Net, uh, with my co host Ryan and Gita, one of the longest Vancouver-based hockey podcasts in Vancouver. We're, we're too old for this. And, uh, yeah. Go, no, Haley.
2: Okay. Uh, so I'm Haley, and you can find me on Twitter at HNTWrites. And I have a link to my portfolio there. So everyone go
1: check out their accounts. Uh, Before we get started, I have to give a shout out to uh, our biggest partner. Want to bet? You can do it at Sports Interaction Canada Sportsbook. Football continues, the World Series is around the corner, and we have dropped the puck on hockey season. That pregame, live, in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Made for Canadians, by Canadians, Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all sports betting has to offer. Head to sportsinteraction.com sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com sdpn. Ontario only, 19 plus. Please play responsibly. Okay, now that that's out of the way, we're going to jump right into our first segment. And our first segment we have decided is going to be about lone leads. And as Rush said to me before, before we jumped on air, uh why are we doing this again? So, <laughs> if you guys are here with us and you watched the game, you'll know the Canucks blew yet another lead. Uh, it was yet another game where they played 20 minutes of good hockey. In this case, it was the second period, mm-hmm. gave us some hope. And then, yet again, another third period collapse. Uh, what stood out to each of you guys watching this game?
0: Oh, um, you know, I know Taylor Swift's new album, Midnights, is coming out October 20th, so I'm just going to quote, you know, the legendary Bonnie Iver, Justin Vernon from the song XL. I think I've seen this film before, and I didn't like the ending, and that was like two goal lead into the third. Oh, we're losing. It's... <laughs> It's naturally going to happen. Not to be pessimistic, but yeah, Sam. Like we we talked about it. This is now three straight games where they're giving up leads in the third period, and we're just justifying from last year where the entire thing is you've gone eight fifteen and two, Uh, and if you don't go eight fifteen and two, and you you just you get to December and you've you've cleaned it up, we're gonna get into the playoffs and then by golly, when you get into wild card two or one, anything can happen when you get, when you get in. Cause look at the LA Kings, they got an eight seed and they won the cup that one time. So anything can happen. Um, So as Canucks fans, I mean, you know, I don't blame any fans right now for the pessimism and the anger or anything because I don't know, really, I think they're trying to like protect themselves from any further disappointment right now. And it's, they're kind of shielding it, and then I, I again the game to me at least in the Canucks' perspective. Um, you know they rallied back. Uh, the Vancouver wingers kind of attacked the left side of the Washington defense for going out wide and then cutting back in, um, generate a lot of chance. Tanner Pearson had a inspired Kyle Wellwood game. You know, <laughs> totally. Um, but yeah, Sam. I don't know about you, but I'm just like. Yeah. Okay. Great. Let's, let's do, let's do the last year over again.
1: Yeah. I mean, I thought, I thought the first period was actually a decent road game. I thought the second period I was like, Oh, they, they're finally putting this together. Corbat looked good. Patterson is having a great game. JT Miller was finally not on the ice for a goal against. Uh, And then, you know, I don't know what it is. They just don't seem to know how to play with a lead.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What about you, Haley? I know I know the Caps have had some issues with blown leads as well, but how is that game for you?
2: Yeah, I think for me on both sides of the puck, just there's sloppiness all around. And because it is so early in the season, there's always going to be one, you know, camp of fans that's like, oh, well, they just started, you know, let's wait. And then for me, I guess I would be more on the pessimistic side of the fan base. It's like, but this is always happening. Um, When you have veterans on your team, I don't think this this should be happening. When you have a team as old personally as the Caps, I don't think that should be happening. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I, I just I wrote down crossing passes. It was very fast paced, especially in the first period. And I think it was just kind of sloppiness all around.
1: Yeah, you you spoke about age. Uh, I saw a great tweet, I think, from at uh, Cody Sievertson saying the 2022 Vancouver Canucks are about as slow as the 2022 Washington Capitals, which <laughs> I think is probably a lot more passable for the Caps. I checked on Cap Friendly. The Caps average age this year is, I believe, just over 29 and the Canucks average age is 25.
0: Cody would absolutely tweet that. You just, you have to know when we're like Canucks Twitter, when we're digging and we're like, Hey, just shoveling it on in. Um, Yeah, no, that it's pretty apt. Like Sam, like I just add, I don't know about your perspective, but I think this is like a spiritual thing. Like, I, I think this is like a eat, pray, love thing that the Canucks need to do where it just seems like this this collective of players, um, for whatever reason, and unless some media members are allowed in the room, you know the late great Jason Botchford, you know, God bless him, like would be able to tap into this market like no other, to just kind of suss out what exactly is going on because we've fired a coach, we've fired a general manager, we've done Bruce. There it is. Uh, Elias Patterson's wrist is fine, and he is going back to using normal sticks. What what is going on?
1: That's that's a great question. And you know, I think there was a lot of optimism coming into this season from people saying, you know, the Canucks were a hundred and seven-point team after they hired Bruce last year. And so it's a good roster. They've turned it around. It was just coaching. And we're just we're back to more of the same. It's a different coach, coach Mm -hmm. who showed it could work, and it's just there's just something about this group that just can't pull it together.
0: Mm. Yeah. Haley, I just personally asking, um, how how does it feel to have a Stanley Cup?
2: <laughs> um, I'd like another one, but it feels pretty good.
1: I just want one. <laughs>
0: just, just give <laughs> I just, us one. Sorry,
1: I, I just want to make the playoffs for more than one year in a row.
0: Oh, man, the halcyon days of the early 2010s
2: question since this is something that the connects are going through over and over again do you guys think it is a personnel issue or is it truly like between the ears like it's just there something's not clicking oh Oh, that's a good (laughs) question
0: i Um, actually
1: do i was gonna say i i do think for starters it is a personnel issue this is i you know i've said it for a long time and there are a lot of people who disagree. I don't think this is a roster that is built to be a regular playoff team, um, mm-hmm. much less a Stanley Cup contender. I mean, I I know I've been harping on this, but when you have your president describing your defense as certainly adequate and healthy, and then you're down three defensemen already, you're down Myers Dermott, you're down Tucker Pullman. I'm like, sorry, those aren't guys who should be making or breaking your team in any way. Mm-hmm. But the fact that losing those three players is enough for this defense to not even be adequate is very concerning in terms of roster. And, you know, they basically need Demko to have a close to Vezina level year every year for them to even be in contention for playoffs. And I just, there, there's a lot of work to be done.
0: hmm. Yeah, October 22nd, when the Canucks opened their, their home opener against Buffalo, Tyler Myers is going to be in the ring of honor after he comes back from injury. They're, everyone's just going to apologize for ever, say, ever saying anything bad about Tyler Myers. But um, yeah, it's just like you've changed everything. And what else is there left to change? And is this specific group good enough to get Canucks fans to where ultimately they want to go? knowing that there's no prospects really coming, knowing that there really isn't any backup, they're capped out. And unless they want to give up future assets and future picks, cap space is there. So it's, you know, like we're kind of, unless Jim Rutherford really just puts on the cap and and meets with Patrick Alvan and they're like, okay, we're going to, we're going to do the Phil Holmgren thing where we're just going to start trading Mike Richards and Jeff Carter and just really, Going for it as as a little baby is behind. Salmon walks by, cute, adorable. Um, yeah, I that's kind of where we're at right now. I don't want to be too dark or pessimistic, but I guess it's just we've done this before, and I don't know how much different things are going to be going forward, especially with the defense in the way that it is, and the, the, the Ilya McKayev maybe coming back from injury and Kuzmenko addition and Lazar and stuff, but it's like. Where is the floor and where is the ceiling? And I just don't think it's going to be exactly where Canucks fans want it to be.
1: I think the question of whether it's in that all in our in their heads as well is for me, what's what's starting to bother me is whether who is the leader of this team.
0: Right. Mm -hmm. And
1: I know we we get the we have this ongoing like Bo Horvat has been the villain. For the first two games, everyone's like captain's not doing enough. He had a good game tonight, other than the penalty. Um, and to me, it seems like there's maybe too many leaders in the kitchen. And I know that sounds ridiculous because you should have a lot of leaders. But is it JT Miller? Is it Bo Horvat? Or is it Elias Pedersen? Because they're all very different people, and they're all have they all have very different leadership styles. And to me, I don't know that that's all consistent. -hmm. Um, but that that's I think a good segue into our second segment. Uh I asked Haley for for people watching, I asked Haley uh what stood out to her as a storyline as as a caps fan watching the Canucks. And what was your answer, Haley?
2: Um, I was just curious in general about JT Miller, because on you know, my neck of the woods, everyone talks about how great he is, but I never personally have known why or heard a why and i don't know whether that's because i don't keep up with the connects like that or if there isn't a why <laughs> and that's just kind of something people say but i i was very curious about him as a player especially coming into the game
0: mm-hmm. well sam i'm gonna let i'm gonna let you just lead off hit on this one
1: i'm gonna get me in trouble with connects twitter um
0: you're already in trouble with connects twitter i am always timer, in trouble
1: but... that's like my natural baseline uh my view of JT Miller is, I think he's an excellent defensive player. Obviously, career season last year, but for me, I think his his age is an issue for this Canucks team. Um, the The issue for me also is what we've seen through the first three games, um, which is that he was on the ice for for the first nine goals against this season. A uh, poor defensive game. And so to me, he's one of those players, he clearly really gets the room going. He's got Mm -hmm. kind of the quintessential traditional hockey leader in the room, gets them going mentality. But I don't know that that's necessarily working for all of the players on the team. Like that doesn't necessarily strike me as something that works for an Elias Pettersson type. Um, Mm -hmm. And so for me, I... I don't under- I don't agree that he's their best player. Like best player offensively, maybe, but best player overall, not for me. What about you, Arash?
0: Um. Okay. So this is going to sound a little bit of like a stretch, and I apologize. But the more and more I think about JT Miller, the more the name Alexei Kovalev comes into my head. Where there is no middle with JT Miller. Like there's no there's no just little like. Just midpoint where Haley. I don't know about you, but Alex Ovechkin when when Ovi's not scoring, Ovi is trying to figure out what else he can do to just impact the game. Whether that's like ten hits, fighting, whatever. You know, Russian machine never break. Whatever. It's great. JT Miller just seems to wow you, dazzle you. Sportsnet highlight reel, perfect. And then we'll make a drop pass or behind the, behind the back pass that makes you like, really consider whether you should try out to play for the NHL personally. And that's the most infuriating thing, I think, right now. It's that like, how can, like, how, it's really, really high re- risk and really, really high reward. And just like Sam touched on it, like you're signing this person for eight additional years after this. And this isn't a surprise. Like, his 99-point season wasn't even perfect. It's not like he, he had a great offensive season, but it's not like he was totally the lights out, you know, everything. Um, the one thing I, oh, Sam, okay, I'm sorry I'm going to say this. The one thing I'm just going to push a little bit, and I said this on Pucks on Net, it's kind of like a suggestion, like a little, little feather on a pond, just really lightly. Is there a reason or any method behind the madness that when they signed JT Miller to this extension, they did not give him a retroactive no move or no trade clause on the final year of this contract, which is still at 5.25 or whatever. The more I think about it, it's kind of gets you thinking that, you know, they have an out. If this thing truly goes the way that it's going, like they have an escape parachute button and I don't want to drum up any stuff, but you know, Haley, this is where we're at. And, uh, yeah. You know, for a first Connor McMichael and I don't know, a person who can play defense, JT Miller can be a Washington Capitol.
2: You would have to find someone who can play defense on the cap. What
1: did what did you think watching Miller tonight, Haley?
2: Um like you said, I can see why people would be drawn to him as a player to go to, especially, you know, people of those kind of tough and like game hardened players. And he kind of gives off that energy. Um, I wasn't necessarily wowed, but I also didn't think he was bad either. You know, he didn't necessarily stand out to me. I I was kind of expecting more because I came into it with him on my mind.
1: Yeah, that's. I think that's a fair assessment.
0: Very fair assessment, yes. <laughs>
1: Uh, okay, we have a question in the chat from SDPN. If you had to trade one Canucks player on the current roster, who would you ship out?
0: Oh, oh no. Um, okay, you know what? I, I, I've done this before. I've been down this road, and I, and I know how to do it. Um, looking at the makeup of this roster right now, understanding where management and ownership want to go, And that necessarily not every core piece is going to be gone in two days and we're going to have nine first round draft picks. Um, I continually ask myself, where does Niels Hoaglander fit in this roster? Especially with Andre Kuzmenko sitting where he is on, you know, coming out and being an effective player. He had a post tonight and had an assist, I believe, and was very effective in his first few games. Um, You know, if, if I look at immediate help for Defenseman, a young defenseman, maybe that's also kind of underperformed, perhaps. Maybe I don't know if that's a trade chip, um, but I'm not going to go the easy answer of saying like Bo Horvat, J.T. Miller, Thatcher Demko, for four, four first round picks. Like you know, small small W's, I think, is what this team kind of needs right now. And then if it keeps going like this, then you know it really falls on the on the laps of management and ownership if they just keep kind of expecting the same results then they really have to pull the trigger on something big to shake up kind of the culture or whatever non-existent culture this team has.
1: Yeah, I've got a little bit of a different answer. For me, there are probably a handful of untouchable players, which is really just probably at this point, Pedersen, Hughes, Demko. I could probably listen to an argument for anyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so for me, it's uh, anyone you can get a right-handed top four defenseman for. (laughs) Or like the first overall pick of (laughs) in the next couple of years. I'm just, I just bad. I I, I I like like, pipe dreams.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's not even, well, it's like kind of pipe dreams. I mean, Sam, we'll talk about this for like one second, but John Marino was traded for Ty Smith and I'm like there, but you know, one thing that frustrates me and maybe frustrates everyone here are you guys getting kind of getting sick of this thing where GMs are just like, Oh, it's really tough to do stuff. And I'm sitting here with blisters on my hands, having roofed my parents' place being like, you know, it's hard clearing debris, but somebody's that's somebody's job and it's my job and you got to do it. And it's like, sometimes you just, that's your position as a general manager. Life is tough. Figure out how to get a right-handed defenseman without give, giving them $10 million or something. I don't know.
1: Yeah. All right. Um, We're going to take, everybody take a deep breath for two seconds. And then we're going to shift into our third segment, which is going to be a bit of a sharp turn. (laughs) Okay. So third segment, we can't not talk about this when we play the caps. Ovechkin is getting close to breaking Gretzky's record. What do you guys want to see? Do you think he does it?
2: Um, I think, as a storyline and as a Cavs fan, it, it would be amazing to see that, um, just to see that in, in my lifetime. But I do fall as a Cavs fan more in the camp of like, I would rather see the team as a whole start accomplishing mm. a little bit more. Obi um, Watch is fun. It's great seeing the tweets. It's great seeing you know, the graphics uh, that the t- that the social media team makes. Um, but it's, I don't know, it's not top priority for me. I, I yeah. want to see the second round again. That That's my top priority.
1: I'd love to see a second round.
0: <laughs> I'd love to see just I'd like to see a first round. round. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to just be like slightly successful again without having other people just being like, hey, look at that. Look at that kid in the Pacific Northwest with his pants down and no money in his pocket. I'm just like, I don't know. Um, man, I would lie. I would love to see Alexander Ovechkin. I mean, break this record. Haley, I, I totally understand though, you know, coming from a perspective of like, does this team, does the Washington capitals identity in the next few years, strictly belong to Alexander Ovechkin breaking this record. And as awesome as that might be for fans, Like, there is also a Stanley Cup and, like, playoffs and other things. Um, But I'm also excited to see, like, what other hijinks, you know, the NHL might come up with to, like, stop Alexander Ovechkin from breaking this record. You know, like, Gary just comes out and he's like, another lockout. So I don't know, (laughs) you know.
1: Yeah, so I think what could be a dark horse interesting storyline this year is I think Sidney Crosby is having the best start to the season that he has had in a long time. I think people have really not talked that much about Crosby the last few years, and it's kind of it's kind of their last hurrah at a good rivalry. And I oh, yeah. Yeah. I would love to see them both go on a tear. Like one I- last, oh. one last run.
0: Oh. Oh, can I I'm gonna snap my fingers. Can we get Penn's <laughs> can we get Penn's caps one more time? Can we just get him one more time like both like both superstars, like 42, you know? He's everyone's just really tired and they're coming out and just you know, just one more <laughs> kick at the can. Like that would be oh yeah, I could get really nostalgic for that.
2: Yeah. I always say like I'm so over it and I, you know, I'm ready for the NHL to find a new like narrative and then like we play the pens and i'm like you need to kill them like <laughs> you need to
1: crush them <laughs> i mean, there's it's just it is a great storyline right like as as good as the mcdavid matthews storyline is there are just there isn't the same kind of rivalry between the oilers and the leafs like it just yeah. it doesn't have the same hatred and the same stakes on the line because like neither of them can get into the finals
0: <laughs> right um Oh, man, yeah, I just there's so many there's I think we just kind of need to normalize a few like familiar rivalries, you know, just to get back into the swing of things. Maybe that would be really good. It sucks. The Flyers are out because every time the Flyers get into playoffs, it's like, well, they've the, the goaltending's non not existent anymore. And Ilya Golf has decided to call it a career mid game. Um, but question not to distract. Did the Leafs lose tonight or did they win?
1: I, last I checked, they were, in fact, losing to the Coyotes. Uh, so. And actually, prescient, somebody, somebody, Mark Carvello in our chat says, how is it on a night where the Leafs lost at home to the Coyotes? They are not the most embarrassing Canadian team tonight. Oh man. <laughs> I think losing to the Coyotes at home is more embarrassing than what the Canucks did tonight.
0: Dude, the, 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 OK, I don't want OK, Steve Dangle, I love you. And now all the Leafs fans listening here, I love you. But you're going to hate me for this. You just lost to a team comprised entirely of that like Dolly mini AI generated thing where you just typed in hockey player and 19 people on the Coyotes rosters were just those like wax poetic figures or whatever. It's Nick Ritchie had a goal. I think he had two
1: goals. I think he possibly hadn't had a trick. I think he had he definitely had at least two goals. I was on Nick Ritchie hat trick watch and then I got too depressed watching the Canucks.
0: Yeah, um, well, you know, it's uh, the the beautiful game. I'll just say that.
1: Yeah, I mean, the other interesting storyline with the Coyotes is seems like the Coyotes and the Blackhawks did not get the memo that they are supposed to be losing games.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, we we're going to rub it in, but Jason Dickinson getting three points, whom I think the the most cringe stat line yesterday before this game was that with his three-point game yesterday, Jason Dickinson would have been leading the Canucks in scoring, which burned, just burned our city down for like, again, for one night. But, uh, Haley, okay, before, before we wrap up and everything, how, tell, tell me about the caps. I'm really curious. Cause like, again, Connor McMichael wasn't dressed tonight. Um, I know that was a former, former first rounder who people on HF boards are like, you're going to have to give us McDavid for him. Um, <laughs> Yeah, where, 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 are, where is everything going for the Washington Capitals right now?
2: To me, they're in this really weird space. It kind of reminds me of how Nashville was after getting to that final of, like, mm-hmm. you have way too many good players to, like, completely burn it down and rebuild. But at the same time, if you do get into the playoffs, it, you're going to have to fight probably harder than you have in previous years. You know, I'm never going to count them out. That's just the fan in me, but they frustrate me to no end. <laughs> I feel like this season is going to make me blow a gasket if things don't turn around. I'm not very high on the defense. I don't even know what to say about the goaltending. <laughs> I was so indifferent coming into the season, and now I'm kind of like, whatever happens, happens. <laughs> I wipe That's my hands a like clean. Of it. Fan.
0: <laughs> yeah. Pretty much.
1: <laughs> All right. Uh thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh we are, I'm Samantha. I am a co-host of the show. You can find me at Samantha CP underscore. I am here with Arash Marzadeh. Uh you can find him at Arash Marzadeh on Twitter and Haley at HNT rights. Uh Please like, rate, and subscribe to the show. And if you are a sucker for punishment, the Canucks play Johnny Gaudreau and the Patrick Laine-less Columbus Blue Jackets tomorrow. Uh, I predicted on I predicted last week that the Canucks would end this road trip with five points, and they are not going to hit five points. But if they win tomorrow, they can have two points and not be dead last in the Pacific.
0: Well, yeah. Okay. You know what? Little victories. You know, I said little victories. Yeah, Sam, let's, okay, everyone back on the bandwagon. Let's go, Bruce. There it is.
1: (laughs) All right. We'll see you tomorrow. Uh, Kaya is going to be running the show tomorrow. And uh, thanks again for joining us, guys.